What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 346. My name's Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show. And as always, I'm joined by... Ron. And John. <laughs> that felt good, guys. That was very clean. Yeah, did. Did. Flowed right yeah, through. Um, cool stuff. Good to see you guys again after a week off. Yes. Yes. Um, I was sick and Ronald's basement was sick. Yeah, no. Yeah, oh my! What a crazy situation. I'm glad it's resolved. It only took four days of like dehumidifiers and air blowers, <laughs> and my AC leaked. the The exhaust from it leaked all over the floor and went under the tiling, which is even worse. I would rather it just have been on the surface. It was crazy because <laughs> you can get like black mold underneath. So like, yeah, I had, yeah. I had to like dehumi- dehumidify. And it was like a lot of money that we had to spend in a really short amount of time. There's there's a statistic. Most Americans can't handle a $400 emergency. That is fucking absolutely right. Right. It's the weirdest thing in the world. It's like. It's an unglamorous way to spend that money, too. You know, it's like whatever you might have. If if you had that money sitting there, you sure as hell weren't planning on doing it, you know, like that. So. Right. If it was like black tar heroin or something like that, I'd be... Right, that's what I mean. Like, I let's have a it. wild weekend. No, let's just have a functional <laughs> no. basement. <clears throat> like, nah, not about it. Right, right. <laughs> mm. well, I'm glad you got that taken care of, and I'm glad you're feeling better, John. Yes. Yeah, seriously. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, just kind of looking ahead to the episode, we're going to go over some news items, some trailer talk at the top here. We'll talk about... Um, this week's my, my pick for the required viewing, which was um, Michael Mann's Thief, which we mentioned uh, last episode. And then the back half of the show, we're going to kind of just go over some stuff we've seen over the past two weeks since we've had a bit of a gap. And uh, really, none of us have seen any of the new newness. John, you mentioned Thor Love and Thunder in the last episode, but I right. know Jordan Peele's Nope comes out this week, which I'm very excited to see. Hopefully, I'll be Same. able to check that out. Yeah, when this um, episode comes out, yeah you know it's out um, yeah i'm probably going to see it friday uh sometime but um yes we, we have not gotten a chance to see it in advance so right. um but i can just say that the critical response i've seen or the 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 twitter response that i've seen thus far has me really excited about like not just what this movie might be on the surface level but once again what jordan peele might have working underneath the hood um yeah you know is is you can just trust that guy to have a concept and it really sounds like he touches on a lot of things in this but i, I feel very unspoiled beyond the trailer and a few a few sentences i've read and i'm, I'm i want to keep it that way so same that, that's I'm the sure. approach yeah i feel like i i feel like i don't know if it was you ronald or just one of the one of somebody on our thread mentioned not watching the new trailer and i and i didn't because i feel like it gave yeah. away some stuff i think maybe you mentioned yeah. it so I only saw that first teaser. So I've, I've kind of managed to stay away from outside of like general reactions. No, no details about the movie, obviously. But like I haven't even watched the trailer, the, the main trailer or trailers. Um, right. Yeah. I want to try to go in as cold as possible because, yeah, huge fan. Uh, we all are. And uh, we were talking on the thread earlier. Like this is probably, I mean, probably the most anticipated movie maybe of the rest of the year. I don't know. Like there's. A couple other coming out that I really want to see, but I feel like his track record and just like how much I've loved and we've loved the last two films and it's just him in general. Right. And and what Monkey Paw is doing and all that stuff, like the cast of this is just it just it just everything just looks great. I mean, I, you know, the feelings of what it is, I have a general idea just from the teaser. But I mean, that that subject matter even just has me like 
just yeah. super excited to see it. So, I mean, yeah, this is, this is one of the, the big ones of the year for me, for sure. So I'm very, I really hope I can see it this weekend or some point before we record next. Um, so maybe we can just chat about it a little bit, but um, we we're going to mention a couple of trailers. The, 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 what, the day before we recorded the episode, um, the Halloween ends trailer came out teaser trailer came out that's, I don't yeah know that's what a teaser a, i mean i don't know uh, how much more a trailer can tell you about it but that definitely was it was such right. a quick succession of shots it almost looks like the when they run that little 15 second trailer before the trailer when you watch it on youtube sometimes that's kind of like, what coming, the, coming, that's kind of yeah. what it felt like to me um yeah it, it, it was it was i feel like a part of me felt disappointed beyond the content of the trailer that like they promoted it as a trailer trailer. Yeah. Like yeah. I feel like everything that was going on for the past two weeks about it coming out and it was supposed to come out today and it came out yesterday early. And I mean, even that idea was that, you know, like, I don't know, just something felt like, Oh, they're releasing it early. Maybe it is something like really special. And, um, you know, I saw the runtime of it to start. I was like, ah, damn it. It's barely a minute. And like, by the time it gets into anything, it's just kind of like, yeah, this is just this is barely a teaser trailer for me. I mean, I don't know. What did, what did you guys think of it in general? I mean, just basic reaction to it, if any. Um, I think I mean, I, I kind of like the one that was from Halloween Kills, the one where it's like the moment after the fire happened. Yeah. Yeah. And like with the like, firefighters. Oh, no. yeah. They kind of did the same thing before. Uh, it's, it is weird to see them kind of breaking the tradition of like traditional teasers and traditional trailers. And, but I mean, it's very apparent to me that something about the person that we see in the trailer, I don't know if it's the person that we've come to know as Michael Myers in the trilogy. I don't like, there's something weird about his behavior. He knows about technology, which is super <laughs> weird. Like, it's like, this isn't Michael Myers. Uh, so I think that's why they're showing as much as they are. I think we have some, some uh this seems to be a theme in a lot of movies the 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 uh the copycat the person that's trying to be the person you know you saw we saw it in the batman movies we saw it in uh you know a lot of stuff and i think that this is kind of a commentary on that but i don't i don't know if this guy is mikael See, I, I didn't get that at all. To, to me, it seemed like Michael Myers, just because it had the same kind of mask, the same degraded mask as the character from the from the last movie. And they really seem to be trying to sell us on this idea of uh, this is the final confrontation. But they kind of did that already with the Halloween 2018. So 18, I, I, yeah. it's hard to know. Yeah. I mean, you might be right, Ronald. If there's a new wrinkle, maybe that's it. But you know, I'm fine with Michael knowing how a disposal works. I, that doesn't that doesn't bump me at all because he's done that kind of thing. In, in other movies already. Um, in fact, in, in Halloween H2O, he, he, you know, he uses a disposal in that one too. So, um, but, but what got me was just, there's one little scene. I like the sort of following up the stairs, like the opening mm -hmm. of that teaser I thought was, was a cool moment. And it yeah. feels like a good, it feels like it's going to be in the context of a movie. I can see that moment. Like if we, that's my favorite part about the Halloween movies when they do it right is when you're kind of following Michael around on his, on his rounds, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that feels kind of neat. And there's a little reveal there that I thought was visually done nicely, but yeah, I still feel like, oh, so this time Laurie Strode's fighting back. That just doesn't seem like enough of a, 
of a hype wrinkle to push, you yeah. know? Yeah. So if it is just watching these two tangle in a much more visceral way and watching her and him almost be kind of more evenly matched, yeah. um, which might be a hint to what you're saying, Ronald, if in fact there's a copycat angle, uh, which that's the first I've heard of that. But like, if there is, that might be one of the reasons why it seems like she's she's able to kind of fight him rather than yeah. being overpowered by him. But, um, you know, maybe this is almost like a redo. This is a chance for this trilogy to to wrap up and say something and try to please everybody. And I feel like every, I don't know if you guys have noticed, every time someone talks about this movie, they either talk about how, oh, it's going to surprise fans and some people won't like it because we're doing something bold. And then they're also saying, oh, this is really fitting and it's a great conclusion. Yeah. It's like, I think that they don't really know what to say at this point because of how divisive uh, the last movie in the trilogy was. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Evil dies today. <laughs> we'll see. I hated that. Hated that chance. You know, we we said it when we were talking about that movie, but like I, I was kind of cold on that movie, but I do feel like I would rewatch that movie regularly. Oh, it was I, so fun. Yeah, right. It's like it's it's yeah, it's it's fun and kind of silly. Yeah, and Michael's mean in it. He's Too mean much. as hell. Yeah, in it. yeah. I, like I, yeah, that's my son and I were just talking about that the other day. How like yeah. that movie is. Is it's rewatchable in that way, and I think that was my immediate reaction to it too. Was I, yeah. I don't think it's necessarily good, and there's definitely yeah. some stuff about it that just stinks. But I could yeah. easily see it ranking high in movies I would put on if I was hanging out with like a horror buddy, and we were we wanted to just have something totally on. Agree. I think it's yeah. got it's just the meanness of those kills and a couple of those scenes where Michael's stalking people feel like some of the best Michael Myers. Yeah stuff we've gotten it's just the the other stuff they tried to put in that movie the commentary and the mob yeah. uh you know the the whatever the the mass hysteria or whatever that stuff was really ham-fisted yeah, yeah sure. um what else uh what other trailer anything else you guys want to mention uh, uh the rings of power on amazon um we've been hearing forever how much they're putting into this this uh you know follow-up prequel whatever you want to call it to the lord of the rings series you know amazon wants its game of thrones it wants its star wars whatever um and my immediate reaction is just this really does look like movies <laughs> so yeah um yeah. I, you know and as a big fan of those uh books and those films i'm i'm anxious to see what they can do with this you know, kind of, even though it is a prequel, it's thousands of years ago. So it's like a clean slate. It's like that thing we've been saying sure. we wish Star Wars would do, which is find a new everything to depict. Um, and yeah. so there are some characters that we know from Lord of the Rings that are in this, but they are the immortal characters. They're the elves, and they're going to be different versions of them. So it really is kind of like a, a new window into that world. And I think I think it looks great. Yeah, it does. It, do it looks, it does. Like, it looks really good like that 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 aspect of it you know and it's been reported pretty openly like how much they're spending on this series and uh even just to acquire the rights um so hopefully they do it right and do it well because yeah this is like a huge swing for ip um you know to us to associate it or align itself with rather um and you know for what it could be done what could be done with it going forward um but yeah i thought it it looked it looks good yeah i definitely i'm looking forward to checking it out you mentioned the Game of Thrones and, uh, you know, the House of the Dragon, that, that trailer came out too. So it's it's funny that like timing wise, these like series are like going up against like this the, the first real spinoff out of the gate from like one of the biggest shows of all time, um, yeah. you know, against like a property like Lord of the Rings, so beloved and, you know, and in, in so rich in film and book history. And, you know, it's just like now they're kind of going into this television arena. Um so yeah, I mean like that kind of 
that kind of battle. There's like that. There's, there's not only do they want their version of Game of Thrones, like they're literally going about to go against, uh, you know, the 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 new version of the Game of Thrones. You know, the the prequel series House of the Dragon, which also I think looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I I can't wait to watch that as much, maybe a little more, just because like uh, recency. I don't know. Like I'm just so curious of what they're doing with these spinoffs and, you know, they talked about a new Jon Snow series that they, you know, came out a couple of weeks ago with Kit Harrington, um, like kind of the whole beyond the wall stuff at, at the end of the series. Um, and then this is kind of going, this is a prequel series. So it's like, I'm very curious to see what they're able to do with, th- with that IP. I mean, cause you know, wherever you land on where that show ended <clears throat> and how it got there, um, there's no denying like what value that brand that that series holds in uh, in television and streaming, you know, in in future uh, of what it looks like to watch stuff, whether it's on your TV, your computer, your tablet, whatever it is. Um, and it's probably one of the biggest, arguably the biggest versus maybe Lord of the Rings. And they're coming out relatively <laughs> right around each other. So it's like, yeah, let's see, see how that how that plays out. What, what did you think of the House of Dragon trailer, uh, Ronald? I thought it was great. Yeah. The the issue is that we're dealing with like two fantastical worlds and I feel like I'm watching a continuous show. Right. In the best way possible. Like so right. God bless Amazon. Hopefully we'll get a, a a copy of Lord of the Rings. I think what I'm so I think I'm a little more so I'm I'm really excited for Game of Thrones. I'm very very excited about Lord of the Rings cuz I feel like Amazon ha- is how how this happened, I don't know. It's like the scrappy, scrappy studio that's been putting out really good quality shows, like nonstop. Yeah. The, the movies are really good, and I I, I like the fight in Amazon. I, it feel they feel little and scrappy like A twenty four, but they're there's this huge conglomerate. I don't know how they've. It's like Apple. How Apple has kind of gotten away with this, like. It feels boutique, but it's it's they're billionaires. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. Well, somehow uh, Apple and Amazon have like stepped around Netflix in general in the quality wars. I think Stranger Things is maybe Netflix's big quality production, but in a lot of ways, people view Netflix series and Netflix movies. I think as a little bit less special. But I think yeah, kind of what you're both saying. Amazon has has made a point uh, of just saying this is this is a real play for us we really want something on the on you know that that competes with some of these big shows i think it's interesting too you both kind of alluded to it like game of thrones really probably wouldn't have existed without the lord of the rings films being yeah. so successful that you kind of want the slightly more adult version that being so successful is probably why amazon is developing this prequel to oh. lord of the rings that feels oh. a little bit more grown up and you know they were, so that competition we're seeing it's really funny that like these two things that wouldn't exist without the other are yeah. going to be you know coincidentally airing at the same time so yeah. um but i i might be a little more excited for lord of the rings too just because i'm really curious what they're going to do with that world and i think if there were any problems with lord of the rings i think they're doing this with the game of thrones prequel or yeah it's a prequel as well but in both cases especially on the lord of the rings or the rings of power um there's a uh, an effort to be more diverse. Like automatically in the trailer, you yeah. can see them highlighting there's not as many white people. Uh, there are more women. Um, I think those are steps in the right direction uh, for yeah. sure. Uh, and yeah, reason to be hopeful that they're doing something special. But you're right. It's like a it's like a wealth of uh, a riches, right? Or an embarrassment of riches. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's craziness. 
Anything else before we move on to our required viewing segment, which is, this is exciting. This was a, this was a fun movie so. to watch. No. Yeah. So Steve, yeah. this was your choice. Uh, you know, maybe refresh our memory as to what made you choose it and then, you know, start us off. Uh, how did you feel about it uh, when you were watching Thief? Well, unfortunately, the timing of it was, you know, the week that we kind of lost James Caan. And um, when we started talking about this and, you know, I was kind of reminded uh, how often this title has come up you know, whether it's in conversations about James Caan, about anything new that comes out that Michael Mann does, you know, I feel like this title always comes up and it's the one in his filmography that I had never really, I'd, I'd never seen any of it. I hadn't mm -hmm. even really caught glances of it beyond, you know, some of the re-release like artwork and, you know, <clears throat> I had read a couple of reviews about it over the year. I think Roger Ebert's review always stood out to me, but like, I just, it was always one of those movies. Like we all have that list of movies that like, I have the movie. I just have never sat down to watch it and I've always intended to, and it's in my watch list. It's just anywhere I manage what I want to watch. Like it's in that list somewhere, you know what I mean? Um, so when you were mentioning, you know, this idea, I was kind of going through that list thinking of the ones like, not just that, um, you know, would be fun to watch, but just like actually accomplish something uh, selfishly. I wanted to accomplish actually watching this movie finally, um so yeah and you know and like i said unfortunately the week that we were discussing it james Conn passed away and a lot of people were talking about some of his stand-up performances and obviously you know a lot of godfather talk um we talked so you know about some of our personal godfather, favorites what's that, that? We, godfather it's um it's a movie about the piece came out place? a while ago yeah oh. um yeah it, it, it's it's I, i've heard it's good i mean I, it's okay do you know. guys have I'm Godfather pizzas? Uh, I was going to say, yeah, the pizza, yeah, not the pizza. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it just was a good opportunity and it was timely and um, better time than ever to finally sit down and watch it. So yeah, Thief is uh, Michael Mann's feature directorial debut, 1981. Um, James Caan, who else? Uh, Jim Belushi's in it. Um William Peterson has a small little walk walk right past you rolling it. Um, uh, uh, Dennis Farina. Dennis Farina's in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had written a list of some other, a couple other people. The guy who plays the main... Oh, uh, uh, Robert Prosky. Yeah, props. Yeah. He yeah, and that, well. this was his down. first role too, which is yes, crazy because he's yes. like 40s in this, but he's one of those yeah. guys who's never been a young man in my mind. Yeah. I bet when he was born, he had that face. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, mean, I think it was also Jim Belushi's first movie, I think. Yeah. Maybe right. Face Belushi. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just like, you know, Michael Mann has that has a style to his filmmaking, you know, even his, the, the television work that he's done. Obviously, a lot of people know Miami Vice. Um, from the TV world, but I mean, you know, movies like Manhunter and Collateral and Heat and, you know, even the the new series that he has on HBO Max, um, was it T Tokyo Vice? Oh, that's a, yeah. that's Michael Mann. I did not know. Yeah, Michael okay. Mann's new. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's got an aesthetic to a lot of his films um, that a lot of people know him by, even the Miami Vice film um, that was with, with Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx that came out a few years back. Um and you can kind of you definitely see the beginnings of that in this movie. You know, it's it's got that style to it. it takes place in Chicago. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like it's definitely it, it like immediately I felt like it was in the in the filmography, like it felt in place with a lot of his other specifically like things like Manhunter, mm -hmm. which came not that long after this. Um, and 
you know, it, it kind of maybe was an establishing uh, effort to kind of like get that style down, you know, and it's got the score by Tangerine Dream. And, you know, like it's it's got the, this vibe to it beyond the story or the performances, the movie, even it's even though it's a little more understated than some of his other movies. Um, I feel like you could watch it and feel pretty quickly um, if you've seen his other films like this is maybe the beginning of that style that people maybe know Michael Mann by. Um, I don't know. What did you guys think of Thief? You, you had you. Neither one of you had seen it, right? No. Right. Okay. And awareness of it? Yes. No. Or you know, I think the main thing I knew about it was that it was sort of a style reference for Drive. Uh, right. And, and That's exactly what I was going to say. And you yeah. can. I mean, that first ten minutes, you can really feel all this. The drive of it, you can feel the um the the Michael Mann of it. You know, it's like the, all that stuff. Like, there's a ten minute sequence that's like wordless that starts off this movie. That's got this. That's got this, uh, you know, synth score and 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 kind of lovingly photographed, like tech. He's he's I, a thief, as the title indicates, breaking into a safe. Uh, that, that drill, that's almost like a sex scene. Watching that, watching that drill in that safe. So I mean, it definitely feels like Michael Mann likes to film these sleek surfaces, and he likes to shoot like low light but with bright lights in it. And I I read a little bit about that. He wanted to shoot in so much low light stuff in order to get the the contrast he wanted, you have to really goose the fluorescence or goose the reflected light and stuff like that. So that's oh, where wow. that that's where that style comes from because you have like deep black next to a bright reflection or a bright color. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was very arresting, and you know, paced. You have to kind of settle into the pace of it a little bit. It's it, it's a it's a it's a long movie for for what occurs in it. But yeah. um, yeah, I definitely felt that stylishness just dripping off it from the first frame. What about you, Ronald? Um, I think that Nicholas Winding Refn's mood board was, <laughs> I want, I want Thief, yeah, but I also want the aesthetics of Miami Vice. I, I want the coolness of Miami Vice. It's like he right. took these two and fused them together. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I don't, I don't think I'd ever seen a movie that this age with a synth soundtrack quite mm -hmm. like it besides like Blade Runner, right? Which didn't really have as, like this was so much more uh, of a contrast versus Blade Runner that was like in the future and had, you know, I had some like synthy stuff happening. This was like modern, you know, for the time and then synth, it, it just feels different. It, it's something about current technology and synth that just feels very like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to steal something. I'm going to, it feels heightened. It heightens it so much. Um, it's very forward thinking, you know, it, um, it is so forward thinking, like, especially for the time, man, like it was probably, this was right at the end of disco. Right. So like a lot of the, a lot of the sounds around that time were kind of hybrids of like soul, well, you know right. that blues band that they have the extended scene of in the bar? Yeah. Originally, the score was going to be, if not that band, that style of music, like right. Chicago oh. blues. And Holy he said shit. he felt like um, it put it too much in a place. And he mm. didn't want the score to to set it, to make it too much of a Chicago movie. He wanted the score to open gotcha. it up a little bit. So in 1981, synth is coming. I mean, that's it, it's kind of replacing disco, the traditional disco sounds is that yeah. synth sound. What's funny is at the time, there was a lot of criticism of this being like a janky score or a cheap score. Yeah, I was but you watch it now yeah. and it's like, that's one of the most like current feeling things about it is the music. Yeah. Uh, another thing that uh, Nicholas borrowed from is like 
violence being very like like uh not very heavily edited it's just the camera stays on the violence the person gets roughed up there's no like second angle it just is in the place that it's at which kind of makes it feel that much realer when james khan's character uh kind of gets in a jam and you know it kind of comes to a head that he's been dealing with things the way he shouldn't deal with things in the eyes of his employer you know it it, it becomes very apparent that it, you know he's he's not gonna come out the same way that he came in mm-hmm. and i love the way that it felt because all the violence was shot that way and i'm like i'm like man this is this feels so good for some reason it feels like it didn't even matter what the setting was. It felt so modern in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. James Conn is doing a thing in this movie that I can't really even. It's like hyper masculine, but like not weird. Not yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Not, yeah, it's like I love the scene where he's trying to adopt a kid and he just starts spouting out a bunch of slurs. Oh for, god. Give me, it's so uncomfortable. Give me a, boop, give me a boop, boop. I'm like, oh my god! Well, he's, well, especially this- when he's like, he's using that as like, if you don't, you got a kid nobody wants, give me a, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's 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 definitely like a, a mark of this character's kind of flawed thinking, but yeah, it, it's yeah. also, I mean, there's definitely this movie is kind of. It's an interesting thing, right? It's got macho bullshit all over the place mm-hmm. in it, but it also is seemingly commenting on macho bullshit by having the cool guy at the center of the story be like I said, he's a weirdo. He's kind of whiny. Like when he gets yeah. with that woman, uh, uh, he the way he goes off on the date with her and yells at her in the car, he's not cool, yeah. you know. And his whole speech in the in the bar or in the restaurant, I think it's very funny that. He's like, what's your story? And she gives him like a couple sentences. And then she's like, what about you? And he's like, all right, everybody sit down. I'm going to go on for like 10 minutes about my story. I just think there is, some, it, it's commenting on that masculine trope a little bit, yeah, even yeah, while it's sure. indulging in it. And I think that, again, yeah. that's a Michael Mann thing, right? Is that he he gives you that surface thing. And then he also seems to be aware that this is not a good guy. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I feel like that, that scene in the restaurant, I, I actually love that scene, that monologue. No, I did too. I'm just saying it's such yeah. a commentary on like the man is definitely the focus of this story. Like, like oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. definitely right. Yeah. Now I was listening to uh, or reading an interview, or maybe it was a, it was like a, a one of these recaps when he passed away, and it was like an audio clip. Maybe it was a commentary track, maybe mm. that he did for it, and it was just talking about like how that scene was like one of his favorite scenes that he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, oh wow! But like, yeah, and that seems like it's a pretty it's kind of a scene that the movie from reading more about it, it's kind of like known for. Um, but yeah, when he goes through that story about like his time in prison and what it was to start and what it ended up being um, and like, you know, whatever happened to him uh, that, that like kind of kept him in there as long as he was in there, that, that scene kind of really kind of hits some of the, the masculinity, you know, problems that John was mentioning or like at least where it's in the forefront of the story, but it also kind of like just, it, it kind of the way the vulnerability kind of comes through a little bit in that scene. It's like one of the few moments where you really see that crack uh, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the movie, he's just kind of weird or like hyper masculine or like, demand, you know, kind of loud or whatever the situation might be. But the way he kind of just like blows by the details of what happened to him, you know, mm-hmm, and like yeah. doesn't want to talk about it, but is talking about it. You know, because he doesn't know how to talk about. I don't know that was, I thought, a really like a nice, vulnerable moment for that character. Um, and I can yeah. see why. You know, it kind of has the reputation that it has as one of his better scenes. Um, 
What a way to yeah. cheat. I mean, what a way yeah. to cheat. I mean, he's just, I, it's it's interesting the way that they open that up. Like, you're like, oh, man, she's, this this woman's beautiful. And then he goes home and you're like, oh, he's he's married. This is fucking weird. This is, he's splitting his time between these two people. It's, uh, it's weird, man. Were there two people? I thought there was just the uh, one uh, lady. I was very confused <laughs> just now. I, I, thought he, I, thought it, I thought he was cheating on his wife. He was married, right? He did say that weird line about having a yeah, wife or his wife. Yeah, but, he's, but, but he's you married. Never, I, but he's only with uh, uh, whatever they her mentioned name is. It. Well, no, no. He was talking when he was talking to Okra about it. He said that they were they were they were divorced. Right. And that they were I like separated. And that he found he a new girl that like oh, I thought he was still to. seeing her. No, he mentions his wife to her in that previous scene. Yeah, it, it did yeah. take me a it took me a minute to put together because I thought maybe he I didn't know what the story was because they seemed to have a history, but yeah, then they were he just meeting, kind of grabbed her and and yeah that weird scene where he grabs her and gets in the car and yells at her. But, but I didn't yeah, think I, that the woman in the house was the same woman that he was talking to in a restaurant. That's the oh, same woman. It is. Yeah, yeah it's Tuesday. Well, Jesus yeah. Christ, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, uh one last thing before we move on uh willie nelson yeah okra okla okra okla okra what was it okla? Oh, it's okla which i guess might be short for oklahoma okla. but it's, it's oh, an odd yeah, name yeah, yeah. but his yeah, name is david right because yeah. yeah man i i love that scene like it kind of plays yeah. like it, it plays very weird Yes, it and is. Like and the way you know you had sent that meme around or that mm-hmm. you made of the meme yeah. of the clip but like it's so desperate and like loving that it, yes. it, it it's like watching it. It's just like he's like his best friend, but he's like in love with him, you know, or or you know, some something. There's something else there. Something's weird, yeah. You know, like the way he's like looking at him and smiling at him, and when, when and I really loved it when he told him, you know, when he was like, "What do I do about this?" and he said, "Lie to no one." Yeah, I, I love that. Like I thought that that just like you can you could see the weight of the weight of. uh the value that he placed on that relationship um, that, that James Kahn's character placed on that relationship. And, you know, not, not short, you know, not long after that is like kind of when he just like lets it all out to her and, you know, is pretty brutally honest about what happened and what he does and what he did. And because of that, you know, that, that recommendation or that, that insight that he had to offer, I don't know. I, yeah, I thought that I, scene was like maybe a little too short, even or maybe more of that character in the show. In the movie I would have liked to see more of Oakley, yeah. Nice. But I, I do like yeah, the way yeah, when I he says, so. Get me out of here, it's got this yeah. you said, like this desperation and this urgency yeah. to it. There was one other thing I wanted to mention too, though. Sure. It's like, um, there is you, you said vision board earlier. I think it's great yeah. that he has a vision board, that this tough guy has this postcard he's made where he has glued a collage of things that matter to him or things that he wants in his life. And it's like, yeah. here's your first date with this person that, you know, the, the, the way I read that was he's been maybe flirting with this waitress. They've seen each other. Now he's yeah. free. He's got time to go grab her and throw her in a car and go, you know, talk to her for, you know, share his life with her in this way. But that like, she, right. he's basically saying to her, I've chosen you to be my wife. <laughs> I, want, I want to have kids with yeah. you. Let's go adopt. Um, I just thought that was, you know, it's a kind of a funny touch. It's it's another thing that makes this guy so so strange uh, to me that he is this sensitive raw nerve of a guy who like is super competent in the crime scenes, but then it, you know he's a he's a like a just an emotional mess in those other scenes. Um, yeah. I thought that was a, an interesting choice, and again, that seems to be what the movie is really kind of about in a lot of right. ways. Um, did you notice yeah. that people kept saying what's to it? Yeah. 
I kept, I th- I, there was definitely jargon in this movie. And I think that like Michael Mann is in love with the way criminals talk. And supposedly he, he, in, you know, like that cop that, uh, that is in, like the, he's an Italian cop. I forget. Urizzi, mm-hmm. I think is his name. Um, yeah. He he was a real criminal that gave James Caan a lot of information, and then James Caan oh. cast not James Caan that gave Michael Mann a lot of information behind the scenes, and then he cast him as a cop in the movie. So little touches like that. Michael Mann likes to use those. He likes to cast people that maybe are non actors or that you don't expect to see in a movie like this, and it's full of these little odd character parts because of that, and it, it has that has that interesting energy. And I guess I had one question for you guys before we move on. What happened to James? I mean, I know Jim Belushi got killed. But what was that that he got put into? Where, where, what was that like tub was of like fluid? A, yeah, I didn't really understand any of that. I, I like, I know that he was like they put him like in the iron sort of thing, and then they dumped his body. Where was he killed? Where, like he was shot, right? Like he was shot at the at the auto. He was shot, but the, then he yeah, was in shot. that. They put his carcass up, and then they dropped him into. I don't really know what that fluid was. <laughs> <laughs> is it was it was it the fluid that they use for dry cleaning or something? Is it like the dry cleaning magic? It's like you're just making a mess at your laundry if that's what you're doing though. I don't know. I, I couldn't quite tell what we were supposed to make of that. And I was like, did it I miss some context of what uh no, of, of what this was, is? Leo was the guy's name, right? The the, the big yeah. heavy. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that was, was his operation, very, I guess. But yeah, what what was that? It was a very showy murder. Like yeah. you know, I, I felt like he was trying to demonstrate how crazy he could be. Mm-hmm. And he just could have just left his dead body when he shot him. It just doesn't feel like they, they did a lot to to demonstrate like I well, mean business. Weren't they like a like weren't they like a plate a company, like a plating company? Plating like that's yeah. the, the, the the first guy he goes after. It's like So was that metal? Yeah, I got yeah, I'm saying like some kind of uh, you know. It's like liquid metal. iron ore, like a chemical like bath metal, or something like, that you exactly. use on metal, maybe. Yeah, like some oh, okay. or, ba- or 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 burying them in like some sort of like getting rid of the body in some sort of foundation of something. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. metal base. I you know I don't know. Um, <laughs> good question, but I don't know. This is you know I'm glad we finally watched this. I I I really like the movie. I'd recommend it if anybody out there hasn't seen it or didn't watch along with us um, for this recommendation. But um. Yeah, now I feel good that I've actually like now seen all of uh, his movies. So it's like uh, it's a, I'm a completionist of that of that sort. So um, thanks for watching with me, guys. And uh, John, you're the next one, right? Yes. <laughs> have, um, you, have you thought about this? I have thought about it, and there's a bit of a theme going. There were diff- lots of options that we could have gone with because okay. it could be anything. But I was thinking about the this Godfather movie that we were talking mm-hmm. about that so many people seem to be talking about. I don't know. I really don't know anything about it. Um, no, but Godfather, obviously one of the greatest films of all time. And it's odd to have a classic film like that that has a sequel. You know, even I think when it came out, it was kind of odd. Sequels, you just don't think of that for movies of like Godfather's stature. And then I started mm. thinking like, okay, um, what's a what's a, another like classic movie that had a sequel that maybe you wouldn't expect to have one? And then I thought of one that I've never watched, uh, but that I've always heard enough about to be very curious about it. So for next week's uh, required viewing, we're going to watch Psycho 2. Okay, let's do it. Oh, man. Uh, written by Tom Holland, who was the guy who wrote and directed Child's Play a few okay. years later. Um, and, you know, this is one of those movies where when you look at the reviews for it, it is... It's like split down the middle. Some people really seem to say this is a an interesting 
uh, way to follow up a, a movie like Psycho that's, you know, it's 20 years or so after the original, but it also is, it's a little bit in the slasher mold. You know, it came out in, in the early eighties when that was the tone of horror you were getting. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how they, how they brought, uh, Norman Bates into the slasher era. So Psycho 2 required viewing for next oh. week. Okay. I'm a fan. That's exciting. Oh, okay. That's so exciting. you've seen it. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've never I haven't seen, seen it. it in a long time. So I'm oh, okay. I, I remember liking it. Like this is I'm talking, yeah, a long time ago. Watched that. And um I feel like I do remember liking it. So I'm, I'm yeah, that'll be fun to rewatch it. <laughs> it's the year of my birth, so I'm really excited about it. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I, I picked one the year of my birth. John picked one the year of your birth. Now, Ronald, when it comes back around, you gotta make sure you hit John up with his. Yeah. Okay. 73. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably find some good movies from seven. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, <clears throat> all right. Um, oh, right, yeah. So that was Steve. Um, what else have you guys watched that you want to mention? I've got I've got one that I want to mention, but I want to wait a second. I want to give somebody else a chance because I'm I'm excited to talk about this movie. But OK. And I feel like it because n- maybe you both haven't seen it or even heard of it. Um, so I want to I want to hold off a second. But what 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 okay. have you guys seen? Anything that stands out? Ronald. I saw, <laughs> I saw a Michael Mann movie. I saw a Michael Mann movie. I watched Heat the other day. Have you not seen Heat? Um, I'd seen it, but a really long time ago. So I think this all kind of happened because I heard about the the movie that Heat's based off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually put it on my server. Um, but Heat is a remake of a right. of another movie that was a TV movie. It actually had three forms, kind of. But I actually wanted to see Heat because it got um, it got restored a couple years ago, and I hadn't seen it with in all its like at most glory. So I, I actually saw a 4K UHD copy of it, and it was nobody was home. I cranked the fucking volume up and almost <laughs> blew out my ears. I just couldn't. I, th- I think I, w- I thought I was tougher than I, w- I-, I was when it came to the shootout scene. <laughs> I had to crank it down. It was just it was just too much shooting for too long. But that movie is a masterpiece, man. Like it, it, it really does take itself the right amount of seriously and also kind of you know it, there, there are some parts that feel a little funny like interactions between the criminals and stuff like that um but seeing what what ultimately becomes the showdown the la- the showdown in the last act is one of the most entertaining things i've ever seen in my life um and you know it it doesn't feel the same when you watch something when you're a teenager or in your 20s versus watching something in your 30s and 40s and 50s. You know, it context yeah. changes so much because you value different things, right? Because I remember watching Heat when I was younger and being like, man, I would do this. And now it's just so like, I would never do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's a fun ride. And if you haven't seen it, um, you know, these, these, these movies, you think that you've seen a movie before and then you see them upgraded. You see them restored. You see the color palette the way it was supposed to be shown, um, the sound in the way that it was originally presented, and then it just changes the experience so much. So if you haven't seen Heat in a while, I'd suggest maybe renting it from the library or getting a, a 4K UHD copy 
watching it at home golly it makes a difference yeah i'd be curious to watch it like that that i yeah oh he's he's an all-timer for me too it's Uh, so good it's it's definitely uh i I would agree it's probably yeah maybe 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 his masterpiece i don't know Uh, it is man but what else would be in contention if if we were thinking about it like if it's i mean he um michael man was yeah i'm trying to think of if they're i mean you know manhunter I, I, I rate yeah, Manhunter uh-huh. pretty highly. Um, Last of the Mohicans is a solid movie, but it's not really the Michael Mann. You wouldn't right. put it Honestly, as the, the best the, Michael the dark, Mann movie? The Dark Horse for me is is Collateral. Oh, I wow. hell yes. I fucking love Collateral. Yeah, yeah, I do too. That might be... Yeah. That might or, be. or the other one would be The Insider. Holy shit, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, that actually might be the one. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, those three... Russell Crowe is so amazing in that. Yeah, that movie is... Yeah, those three really are just, like, perfect movies to me. Like, I I love those movies so much. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's got these movies you forget about. Even you mentioning um, Last of the Mohicans. Yeah, like, just... It's crazy. Yeah, Manhunter would probably be there. I I actually really like Miami Vice, the movie. Yeah, like, me I, too. I, I would say Heat, Collateral, and Insider probably are like it'd be between those for me. But I don't know which one I'd, I'd fall on. Heat is yeah. just like the, the, the just that like you were describing, Ronald, like the the moments with Pacino and De Niro, and like Val Kilmer's great in it. I mean, just every everybody so, in the movie is so good, honestly. Yeah, and it's so it's so fun to watch too. Like it's so entertaining. Yeah. You, you know the stakes collateral and heat just feel very out of control yeah. like there's a point where you're like what is gonna you know when the when they rob the place in heat and it just feels like Val Kilmer kind of goes on his own and help or what he perceives to be help it just right. gets really crazy like I'm like I've watched this movie before and it still feels like oh, oh. <laughs> you know so I I don't know how he does it. He does it in such a raw way. Like, right. I mean, I crime. think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's probably, it's probably heat, but I think those three probably would be the, what, what we could probably break it down. But no collateral um, though, is one that I think I feel, I feel like it's, it's not really underrated because people seem to have kind of come around to just how good it is. But that was one where I think it just seemed that's like the, Maybe not the only time Tom Cruise did something like that, but it's pretty close to the only time he did something that intense yeah, and that like yeah. evil. Um, yeah, so 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 it's a really good turn from him. Um, well, I, well, I watched a movie that actually coincidentally did come out during the year of my birth from 1973. I watched a childhood favorite that I used to watch with my mom all the time, and this movie so holds up. It is so fun. It is so funny, and it's really only marred by stories about what a terrible asshole uh, Ryan O'Neal was as a man and what a terrible childhood Tatum O'Neal had. But the movie Paper Moon, by, directed by Peter Bogdanovich and written by Alvin Sargent, is fantastic. Uh, Madeline Kahn, one of the funniest characters she ever played, and that's saying something. There's a, a young girl named Imogene in it, played by PJ Johnson, who may be an actress who only did this one part. Um, but the, the chemistry between Ryan O'Neal and Tatum O'Neal as father and daughter if you just ignore the stories about how much they yelled at her uh, to get her to do her scenes properly yeah. and like what a terrible time she had, um, it's just, it feels so like hip and current in terms of the kind of humor that's in it. And it reminds me of like Coen Brothers and Wes Anderson, except it doesn't have that that slightly slick aloofness sometimes that people can have. Like it's got a, it's, it's, it feels 
uh, you know, just a little bit scuffed up and dirty. It's set during kind of Depression era, and it's just a, a con artist Bible salesman who yeah. goes around uh, basically the South during that era with his with his. It's pretty clearly his daughter, but he's in denial about it, and he's supposed to be taking her. He he basically shows up to the funeral of a woman that he had an affair with, and when he's there, they say, this girl is your daughter. Uh, she's got family in this place. Don't you owe this much to her? And so they get on the road together, and they very quickly become partners in crime, and it's just, I mean, it, it, it just crackles. It's funny, sweet. Um, and it is interesting. I mentioned Imogene. You know, you have a young black girl in this movie who is a funny character who doesn't I don't know. You, you, you're ready to cringe when when a person of color shows up in a movie from the '70s that is set during the Depression, <laughs> and and, right. and she's actually a really funny, likable character that seems fully rounded. Um, and uh, no, it's just I think Paper Moon. It's one of those movies that people talk about like it's a near perfect film, and yeah. um, you know I really do think it's it's one of those. It's just and it's it's fast and funny. Um, yeah, love it. I'm a fan. I love that movie. I've seen it a couple of times. I haven't seen it recently, but you're making me want to rewatch it. I remember the feeling of watching them, their chemistry and <laughs> yeah, ske- the schemes. Mm-hmm. That's cool so fun. Movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a cool ass movie. Dude. Cool. Um, you know, Steve, I watched I a movie. Just... I watched one movie, Steve, that showed me that if you do this, you can. Me too. Stop just about any dinosaur that's coming your way. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Stop. that's that, that not, movie. Yeah. Not only does uh, the iconic character Owen Brady, played by Chris Pratt, oh my god, if he doesn't get uh, the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> but not only does he know how to make dinosaurs stop with this, the palm of his hand, he also knows how to make uh, a group of dangerous dinosaurs run away by saying, "Go on, get." He actually does that at one part, and the dinosaurs <laughs> go running away. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I sat down to watch this movie at home feeling like this is strange that there's a Jurassic Park movie that I did not go see in the theater. And then yeah. as it was trucking along, I was like, oh, man, I'm sort of glad that I did not because yeah. it, I, like there were parts where it got me going. There were little little moments of magic and got the sparks <sighs> going and got that Jurassic Park feeling. But in general, I just feel like with all that they had, the cast, you know, the returning cast, Jeff Goldblum, um, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, all of them together. You do get some sparks from that. But then when they meet up with the new characters, it's like, oh yeah, I really don't give a shit about any of these yeah. new characters they've created for these movies. And I think it's hilarious that um, uh, Campbell Scott's villain, who I think you mentioned, Ronald, is basically Tim Cook, that his main character trait is that he's always snacking on something. And um, I also thought, did he just take this role? He's like taking a job that Mark Rylance was supposed to get. This feels like a Mark Rylance performance. Uh, maybe it's basically what he played in... Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, in... Uh... That don't, don't look, look up. up yeah yeah but so yeah tim tim hook is uh, tim cook has taken some shots basically whenever someone wants to d- depict a certain kind of uh megalomaniacal uh corporate evil, yeah he's the he's the prototype right now you know the kind of uh uh whatever you want to call that tech philosopher style of uh ceo um but yeah, yeah this movie just didn't i don't know when it got to the end i was like okay all right i'm done with jurassic park now but i think that they that's what I think that works somehow. Like, I think that people still want to see a serviceable, <laughs> a, a serviceable bug movie. It's a bug what? movie. It's a locust it's a movie. movie. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this, man? Yeah. I, th- I thought I, I, it just took up too much of the story. This script is abysmal, by the way. Like, yeah, it, it is three stories put into one. 
and it just doesn't feel good. None of them feel good enough except for the original cast for this to be like a thing. And they kind of tried to make an A, B, and C story and jam them together and then cloning and yo, what? Yeah. It just gets muddy. It's a hat on a hat on a hat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a Russian doll hat on the hat on the hat on the hat. (laughs) It gets real weird and it just, but. I want to see another one. If it comes out in a couple of years, I'll probably see it. But I want them to go crazy. I feel like they they yeah, can't they aren't at this going point, crazy enough. At this point, they're either they're going too crazy in the wrong ways, you know, with these stories and not in the right ways. Um yeah. but I do think that like where this movie works, it's either the original cast and it's some of the action sequences, there's a they have a scale and emotion to them that does feel kind of good in some moments. Um mm-hmm. and I think, you know, as much as I was razzing Chris Pratt a minute ago, I do think there's a side of him that can handle some of those some like for some, like for instance when he's on a when he's on a motorbike he looks kind of cool when he's doing hand to hand combat he doesn't so it's almost like with yeah. Chris Pratt you get like half of an action star but you don't really get the whole package somehow and I don't know why that is like I love Star Lord and I loved him on Parks and Rec but I just don't know if there's been another use of him that has been as effective as those so but what about the future movie the the Tomorrow War was pretty good man see I didn't see that one I need to give that a shot oh it is it's a fun weird movie. <laughs> It's a fun, weird movie, uh, but also serviceable. I guess if, if I'm being honest, it's just just as serviceable as Jurassic Park. I, but it's fun. It's like, yeah, man. I think I know what you're saying, man. There's something about Chris Pratt that just isn't. I think I think they moved him up to the pros too fast. You know what I mean? Oh, you know, how you hear those stories too soon. Too soon. Yeah. You know, you hear about those like. High yeah. school prodigies, and you're like, yeah. man, he's gonna go to the Orioles, and 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 you never hear about him ever again. Yeah, I just feel like Chris Pratt didn't give himself enough. Like he should have had the presence of mind. And I know it has to do with like, if somebody offers you something, you hear these stories about really big stars that are like, I don't think I have the 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 thing that you need for this movie. I don't know if he has that discerning taste about things yet. Right. And I know that sounds weird and I'm not trying to insult him. I just think that like he's all right. He needs to get get back to what makes him special, you know? And he, I feel like he just is like I'm I'm big and I'm strong. I could be in this movie. And it's, I don't know. It's I'm he's losing me. I'm I like liked that. him in Thor Love and Thunder, but again, that's that's Star-Lord as written by yeah. Taika Waititi with advice from James Gunn. So that's about in the wheelhouse of of Chris Pratt as as you can yeah. get. Um, but, um, no, I, I think you're right, Ronald. I would want to add that note that on the script level, this movie keeps trying to create these iconic character moments with these cool lines that just fall flat. There's so many moments where there's just like, there needed to be, I don't know, there needed to be some, some wit, uh, in this movie. Like Jeff Goldblum has this really weird line where he says, I once had a dog that humped my leg so much. I got a callus on my shin bone. I don't think there's been a weirder line in a movie (laughs) ever. (laughs) Like, could that even happen? I don't, let's, you know. Yeah, so I don't know. Right in, if anyone knows of that ever happening. What kind, what part of the dog is that rough? I don't know. I'm 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 really confused. But on a pro, on a good note, Laura Dern looks outrageously great. No, she it's does. like crazy how good she looks. Like, I don't know what kind of water she's drinking, but she's looked the same for like 30 straight years. And it is nuts to me. She was always too young for for Sam Neill, but I feel like in this movie they really have to work hard to make it seem like you know he's not yeah, yeah, close to yeah. what twenty years older than her or something like that. Yeah. But, but you know he's good. That th- those three are those three know what they're doing. They're likable. 
Um, But so I need to hear about this movie, Steve. Yes, Steve. You know, I'm I'm not trying to like make it like an oversell thing. I just I just have stumbled upon a movie that might be the best animated movie of the year so far. Mm. That is slowly and slowly and slowly more people are talking about. And I, and I, I want I more people to, to see it. I think I know what it is. And um, it comes by way of Netflix. Yes. And if you have Netflix, mm. you can watch it right now. Um, it's called The Sea Beast. Yes. And um, if you uh, like How to Train Your Dragon, I feel like you're going to love oh. this movie. Um, okay. This is this is from, uh, I guess, at least partially written, well, co-written, co-directed, maybe directed. I don't I forget which of which. But Chris Williams, who's done some Disney movies, he did like Moana. He did um, Big Hero Six, Bolt, um, some you know really popular, very beloved oh, wow. Disney films. Like he announced that he was doing this movie with Netflix three or four years ago. Um, finally comes out. It's got Jared Harris voicing Carl Urban, Dan Stevens, um, a couple other names. I'm blanking yeah, those on. Are, those are like three of my favorites. Right, right, right. That's all you need, right? But I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just this great, great animated movie about. This young girl who stows away on this ship of these monster hunters, these sea monsters. And this time they kind of are the heroes of the lands that like hunt these sea monsters. And she kind of stows away and like these are her heroes and, you know, they're hunting these monsters. And there's that moment of like, are they monsters or are we just doing something wrong? You know, which is like this this understanding of what these things are versus what we kind of or they point them out to be. Um and you know, there's a there's the monster, you know, the character monster. I think it's like red, red. I think she calls it red. It's on the poster. It's yeah. on the, the the key art on the on Netflix. You would see it. Um, just a gorgeous creature in an animated film. You know where the story goes in terms of Carl Urban's character and the young girl. Um, like kind of the, the change of heart, the learning, j- just this this journey that they go on together. It's really funny. It's got some beautiful animation. The story is great. And um, yeah, it just really kind of hits in the feels a bit, just kind of like how to train your dragon did. It feels very similar to that in, in some ways, but original in others, like with this this mythology and um, you know this idea of like this the I guess at that time like the the hero worship of these pirates or these seafarers that like hunted these monsters and you know some may be monsters and some may be just misunderstood. I don't know, but you need to watch it because I like loved us. it. Yeah, right. I loved it. Um, I watched, I've watched it a couple times now because my kids wow. love it. Um, but, you know, there's been some really good animated films this year. Like, I really love Turning Red. I thought Lightyear was good. Um, but this this might be the best animated film so far this year. And it's on Netflix. It's in the top 10. I mean, the reviews on it, I think it's got like a 97 or 98 on Rotten Tomato verified. Audience wow. score, I think, is over 93 or 4 or something like that. Everybody that I talked to who's seen it has loved it, and um, I've recommended it to a few friends, and they have nothing but positive things. So I'd love it, you know. You guys check it out. Let me know what you think. Definitely. Yeah. If you're looking for a fun, family animated film, funny with some heart, and so just some beautiful action sequences too, um, the Sea Beast will deliver. I promise you, it's great. Wow. And yeah, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. You got to check it out. It's great. You know, Netflix animation has been kind of like strong they've done some yeah. really interesting yeah. looking movies and some good stuff and ha- didn't they sort of what wasn't there a lot of uh at least i feel like i remember hearing some animated projects that were that were shut down in that recent wave of netflix kind of you know tightening up the belt 
um, that made the news. And I know that I know Bone, the graphic novel Bone, that's a beloved uh, fantasy story. That was supposed to be like a series of films on Netflix that, and that got completely. Oh, it was wow. finally. It was one of those you know development hell kind of things that finally yeah, had what yeah, sounded yeah. like a really good home, which is Netflix animation. And I know that has been shut down. So I, I wonder if this is one of the one of the ones that you know was so far along that it it kind of still retains that. Uh, just that whatever they have been doing with their animated projects where they've all had sort of a unique look to them and mm. um, gotten good creators. But yeah, this is one that's been kind of creeping up on the periphery. I've heard nothing but good things about it too. So I'm glad to hear that it passes the steam. Yeah, I think you guys are both like it. I, I, I really don't think, you know, it's hard to find. I don't know. It's just like a, it's just a pleasing all around. Like I just happened to like, I feel like I'd heard a bit about it just, you know, in the weeks leading up to it. Maybe I'd seen Carl Urban doing some press for it, but like, you know, in the terms of timing with what he's doing for the boys. And then this kind of popped up right. and it was just like, Oh, that's the movie that I, I heard about. And Sydney was like, let's watch it. And then we were, I mean, it's just, it's great. It's just great. I'm, I'm excited to, you know, recommend it and hopefully people can check it out and enjoy it as much as I did. Cause it's quite, quite enjoyable. Cool. I just added um, it to my list. Yeah, yeah man. Not, okay. Let me, let me know when you watch it, if you, if you, if you like it or not. Um, Absolutely. Another, I, Maybe not to the degree, but just for nostalgia's sake, uh, Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Mm -hmm. I thought was okay. a lot of fun as well. Yes. Uh, if, if you're a Beavis and Butthead fan, um, Do America has a probably special place in your heart. Mm -hmm. um, and this is just right in line with it. It's friggin if you like Beavis and Butthead, it's just it's great. I mean, I, I you know, uh, it, it's kind of crazy to me that the movie even exists and that it's like out and available and it's like it's streaming. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it was a Paramount Plus. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of that whole Viacom thing. But like, yeah. home of the offer, <laughs> right? Home of the offer. <laughs> They've got that and Beavis and Butthead do the universe. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you like Beavis and Butthead, just definitely recommend that too. It was a lot of fun to watch. Mike Judge is smart and funny, and you so, know, so true. Kind of doesn't yeah. mess around. And um, you know, speaking of the offer. It, Beavis and Butthead do the universe is is almost as funny as Giovanni Ribisi's voice as Joe Colombo in the offer. I know you only <laughs> made it through an episode of that, Steve. Yeah, in, have you seen any of that, Ronald? Any of his I, performance? No. I definitely he, saw that. He basically that talks like this the whole time. Oh, He's doing this like that. Oh. You know. Anyway, it's it's pretty hilarious. But that oh, that no. that's got it, Steve. It gets better, or at least you get more sucked into the kind of heightened drama of it but it's right, really right. funny it's, it's you know whenever they make a movie about making movies it's the most important thing in the world to do so this is a you know 10 hour series about how important it was that people make the godfather um uh, I, I saw a movie uh i saw uh the uh the watcher oh oh how I was loved that it. I really enjoyed it. it yeah. it's, it's, it's weird you say that. I'm, that actually so, might watch that tonight because Aaron is away on 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 work, and I'm like, I got to watch all the horror movies I can while she's gone. So Micah Monroe has gone from like the guest, it follows, and then this movie, like she, there's something about this woman. She she like she likes to she likes to be in movies where. That dynamic is really strange at first, and then it just kind of it gets complicated. You know, she's right. she moves um, to an unfamiliar place, and she believes that she's being watched. And it just it is it a real slow, from there, yeah. It really does, man. It, it it it's a slow burn, but if you if you're patient, it really starts to get weird. It starts to get like how much 
you know, it's about uh, it's a cool commentary on like how unsafe women feel in general in the world. So everything is like a horror film for a woman by herself outside in the world, not, you know, just doing arbitrary things can become the scariest thing in the world if you feel like somebody's after you. You know, it's just a it's a terrifying notion. And, you know, it follows kind of felt like that. And this feels like a little sharper commentary on that. Um, and I, it's, it's worth checking out. It, it's 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 up there, man. It's up there for me this year. Yeah, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago and you said you wanted to see it, Ronald. I'm glad you yeah. finally caught it. But like, I, I would totally agree. And I was I watched it the same kind of batch of movies that I was watching men. Um, and so it's okay. like, and, and that right, movie right, too right. plays around with that idea as I'm just repeating myself now, but with that idea of like, what does it mean to be a woman and be alone? Are you safer if you're alone or if you are you safer if there's a man around, you know, and yeah. that image in a movie of a woman alone in a dark house or in the woods or in a new city, we're used to that being like an image of danger. And I think the watcher has its own way of kind of turning that idea around of like, you begin to wonder, like, is she is she as dangerous uh, as the person it's that whole, you know, in the movie, it comes up and it's in the trailer of like, yeah. well, maybe the person that you, every time you look over there and you see someone watching you, maybe they're looking at that person that's constantly watching them, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it kind of plays with that idea. There's a little bit of that, like unreliable, uh, narrator almost of like your main character, maybe, maybe instigating something or she may be responding to something. And that tension yeah. is really interesting. And I thought too, just this way it was shot and the pacing and the, the movement of the camera, it really got some, some creepy moments out of that premise. I thought. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Steve, I think you'd like it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm def I've been trying to watch that one for a while. Um, and I just, uh, haven't had a chance, but maybe this is my shot. Yeah. Do it. Oh, Do it. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear that you guys like that. Uh, I think that's it. I don't have anything else to really get into. I'm, I'm still trying to finish part two of Ozark of the final season. I'm, I'm like <laughs> still stepping through it. Uh, that's my other priority to get done, to get that done this week. Um, but yeah, I haven't really watched a, a whole lot else this week. Um, yeah, all right, cool. Right. Well, that'll, that'll wrap it up. So next, so the the rec is it requ requ required viewing? Required viewing, yes. It's not recommended. Uh, next week. That's yeah, that's yeah, weak yeah, ass yeah, shit. Yeah, that's this optional. Required. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. 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 So Psycho Two for next week. If you want to play along, watch along, hang out, talk about it. <clears throat> um, we'll do that next week, and that'll be interesting. I'm sure. And hopefully, we can talk about Nope as well. Yeah, yeah that'll be good. That, that's a nice little pairing i guess yeah mm -hmm. um i'm gonna try so hard to see that movie. Yeah. yeah i'm curious to see how well it does uh box office this weekend me too it could be Tra huge there's tracking so, is all there's over so the place. much hype yeah yeah, yeah the, the tracking is all over the place at the box office the past few months and it's like they, they have a tracking at around 50 and i think uh get out and us were like more like 70 80 range oh or or fit, maybe maybe get out was in the I, that wasn't that high but like you know it it, it had the the legs were kind of ran longer and grew where yeah. then us opened bigger but now this is like tracking a little lower but I, you know, i'm just curious if the awareness is there and me too ah, i can't wait to see it um looks great um yeah so 
we'll chat next week. Hopefully, maybe we'll we'll, we'll try to see that. Maybe we we'll, if we all see it, that'd be awesome. But uh, we'll see where that ends up. Uh, Movieshmovie.com is the website. You can go there to subscribe to the podcast, the audio portions on whatever spot um, podcast app you prefer to use for um, listening to one-offs or subscribing and getting it, you know, in your feed every week. Please do that if it offers that for you. You can leave a review or a rating. That would be uh, nice as well. Uh, if you want to check out YouTube, uh, you can link to all our social media right from the moviesmovie.com to get the video portion of this uh, podcast where you can see me with a child's pair of pink headphones this evening <laughs> with one ear on because i don't um don't have a pair of headsets right now um that's a little bonus you can go to youtube for that subscribe so you get notifications when new videos come out ronald's a great job putting those together for us so you should um take advantage of that and watch them um please do yeah i think that's it guys um we'll see you next week as always you've made our day thanks Bye. what's to it my man <laughs> Yeah.